Welcome to Merrill Murmurings, a segment where Mayor Neil Riley discusses council issues with Glenn Shepherd. The segment is designed to provide a concise overview of recent and upcoming events, addressing the issues, processes and desired outcomes behind them. It is hoped that by shedding light on the decision-making processes, we can empower our community to better understand the initiatives shaping our area. So I'm talking to Mayor Neil Riley. Last week, Neil was away. He was away at a local government association conference, a national forum, which was held in Canberra. Now, I can't understand why you'd want to go to Canberra, Neil. I've got to tell you, councils, you normally read about them going to a, a nice warm place. But anyway, you're in Canberra. So a couple of questions. Who was there? What was discussed? And what were the highlights for you? And also, what are the benefits of these conferences that people sometimes talk, call junkets? for our community? Well, look, thanks for the question. It is one of those places that you probably don't want to go in the middle of winter, although I found it uh, to be quite comfortable inside the auditorium. I didn't venture too far out from there. I was accompanied by our uh, CEO, Jane Stroud, Councillor Rice, our Deputy Mayor, Imogen Dresma, and Councillor Renkema Lang. It's a pretty important uh, gathering you find that every council in Australia was represented there by their mayors, their CEOs and some councillors. They really filled the National Convention Centre to it to its brim. So it's an important meeting in as much as a lot of the aspects of council are shared. You'd be surprised. You think sometimes, and we sit here in Kiama and we think, oh, woe is me, nobody has these problems, nobody understands... And then you go to these conferences and you find out that there is a universal camaraderie and councillors and their CEOs share information that they've done. And it's a funny thing. It's almost, uh, it reminds me a little bit of the army, funnily enough, in as much as that if you've got a problem, there is no problem that the army has never heard of before. If you've got a problem in in, uh, local government, the Australian Local Government Association, they call it ALGA, is is there to help you. There's, there's wisdom in that room. People have experienced very similar problems that, uh, that uh, we have, particularly in aged care. There are forums where you can talk about the future of digital connectivity in regional areas. And for us, that was very important. A long time ago, when I was first on council, I was lucky enough to chair the uh, NBN committee and we figured that uh, Kiama, because of its igneous uh, rock and uh, hilly disposition, mm. it would be a challenge for NBN to, to bore here and drill through the concrete and all that sort of stuff. And we said, well, this would be an ideal starting place for the NBN because the problems that you're going to experience here, and more particularly the overcoming of those problems, is going to help you in the future. And uh, we gathered a few people together on that uh, that committee. Local Marie Shepherd uh, on the committee with me, uh, an IT specialist. And we got the NBN here first in Australia. Mm. It was parallel, I think, with Launceston. Uh, Tasmania, yep. That's Tell right. Me. And what, what transpired at the meeting was that NBN gave a presentation and they actually mentioned Kiama. At the, uh, the morning tea break, uh, we were swamped. <laughs> with people asking us how the NBN was here and we know that there's been changes uh, with the NBN, not all of them good. 
we're just a, the, one of the luckiest places in the world to have this high connectivity very, very early. So we'll, certainly it was great that we got, we got to the home, connected into your home, because others get connected now to a hub yes. and it's Wi-Fi'd in. So I think we're, as far as speed goes, I believe that's fantastic. But we still have some issues in, in Kiama with some people, uh, the NBN says it's not them, it's the provider says, <laughs> no, there's this argy-bargy. This yeah. But I know at near Spring Creek, you, you can't get uh, reception there uh, for telephone, but you can for, for the for NBN Wi-Fi. Car, for Wi-Fi. Look, it's, uh, it's interesting. That digital connectivity is becoming more and more important. And that's why this ALGA thing is, uh, is, is crucial. You can participate uh, in, uh, in panel discussions. There is breakout rooms and uh, you can discuss the problems. And I know that area... If ever I'm talking to someone, you know, I have the, uh, the, uh, the speakerphone on in my, uh, my mobile, and if, as I drive towards Bombo Station, I, I lose everything. Mm. I had an opportunity to speak with uh, some of the Telstra executives and the NBN people, and you're right, it's a little bit of pass the parcel with regard to the responsibility for it, but you make awareness of it. Mm. One of the other aspects of, uh, of uh, the ALGA conference is that you get to speak to the uh, to the federal members. Now, it's often been said that the feds have the money, the states have the power, and local government has the problems. Mm. Well, this is an opportunity for all three levels of government to get together and discuss a way forward. I think that uh, one of the big debating areas was how much of the federal assistance grants councils are given. Now, Gough Whitlam, way back in the 70s, said that he would devote 1% of all gross tax revenue received to local governments. And true to his word, he did that. But as time has gone on, progressive governments of all political stripes have eroded that down to a half a percent. Now, these federal assistance grants are very, very important for councils because they're not tied to anything. So if council needs footpaths, they can build footpaths with them. If council needs uh, sporting fields, they can build sporting fields. Our council got about $2.5 million. Now, $2.5 million is a significant amount of money. $5 million would have been better. Look, we get about $2.5 million worth of these federal uh, assistance grants, and that's good and it helps us a lot. But uh, double that, $5 million, will allow us to do a lot of things. So all of the councils in, uh, in Australia lobbying the federal government for these uh, grants to come back up to 1%. Other things that were very important was that we had some mayors from specific Indigenous councils in the Northern Territory, in South Australia, in Western New South Wales, and from Torres Strait. And... These people were sitting there, they were talking about the voice coming up, the referendum. And I have to say, and I won't get political here, and I'm not putting a position one way or the other, but I have never heard such gentle, articulated and precise arguments in a council in my life. These people are speaking from the heart, but they don't let their emotions run away with particularly the mayor of Torres Strait Island that we were talking to, quiet, unassuming, 
but very, very much to the point. And his point was that we are all one mob. Whether we like it or whether we don't, here we are. We're all one mob. And we need to walk together to the future. He talked about uh, the treaty, a treaty, and he says, we're not ready, you're not ready. None of us are ready. The first thing we've got to do is get together and have a talk. No one's telling anybody what to do. Maybe it's better for listening than it is for talking. He said, the next thing we have to do is trust each other. And when we have that trust, after we have that talk, then it will be time for a treaty. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was moved, really, like physically moved. I, I, uh, my eyes began to sweat a little bit mm -hmm. uh, when I heard that person talk. And I've invited him to come to Kayama to have a chat with us for two reasons. One is to share his, uh, his story of the, the Torres Strait. And secondly, to let our councillors hear how a point can be put quietly, comfortably and confidently and it's much more effective than getting hysterical. Mm. So that alone was the high point for me. The other thing, we were addressed by the, uh, by the Prime Minister. Well, I hope you listened to that discussion because his articulation of the voice, I don't believe, has been very, very well done, to be honest with you. Look, I but, think... Well, it's, let's not politicise it. I just no, think no, no. It, and it uh, look, I, about. I think that uh, a lot of people are a little bit uncertain. Personally, and this is not a council opinion, this is my opinion, I think that these people need to be heard. They're the Indigenous people of Australia. They've been here so long. But that's not the point. The, the point is that nobody knows everything. In council, we're about to embark on, and I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, a number of committees. Now, these committees are advisory. They don't have any power to do one thing or another. They make recommendations. They give us advice. And we can either take it or reject it, or we can ask some more questions. My understanding of the voice is to acknowledge that uh, these people exist, and they've existed here for a while, which is all very nice, but in very, very practical terms, they can give us advice on policy matters that affect their lives. We don't have to take that advice. There's no obligation whatsoever, but probably we need to hear it mm. and we can make up our own minds. The only way that you can have a voice in that parliament or in any level of government right down to, uh, to our own is to get elected. And that's how, you, that's how you exercise your representation of the people. So this mayor from the A Torres Strait Island, when it, it is a he... Yes, it is. When, when, yes. He, when he comes to Coma, will there be an open forum there for... Or it's just a, a, a part of a council meeting. I would uh, I would like to have uh, an open forum, and I think if if we can uh, we can arrange it. And I spoke to his uh, executive assistant, and I think that we will be able to arrange it. We will have I think an open forum because I think if we have uh, a dignitary coming to us from anywhere who is a leader of their community, we deserve to show the respect to them to give them an open forum. And I think the people of Kayama. Uh, deserve to hear the wisdom from, uh, from, from elsewhere. I mean, goodness, if they listen to me all the time, I can understand that they'd probably want to move to the Torres Strait Island. Well, I think that's a great thing that, that uh, someone is coming, you know, if you've got someone coming to, to discuss things. Now, just back on the, the committees, 
social media lights up and there's all comments about the council this and they don't listen and all that. But the committees haven't been filled, as my understanding. That's correct. So, so people make these comments but then don't come forward. I think that's, that's not right in Look, my it, mind. It really is a hard thing, Glenn. You find that it's much easier to criticise than it is to collaborate. And it's because collaboration takes a time. It's like being in a, a sporting team or whatever. You have to show up for training. You have to do a lot of things that are necessary. And the people that come there to, to our committees and to you know part of teams and everything, they understand that they've come to council to achieve things that they can't achieve on their own. They have to work with others to do it. So in those committees where we're looking at people that have got um, skills that sometimes they may not even know themselves. We need people skills. We need people with skills in administration. We need people with the skills of, of a little bit of forward thinking, critical thinking. You know, it's, we don't want a couple of committees that are just going to be tick the box. Yes, we've, we've got that committee, we've got a chair, we've got a secretary, we had a talk last week, we're going to have a talk next week and we'll rehash what we said the week before that. Uh, we want people with a bit of forward thinking. Now, on Facebook, I don't find too much forward thinking. I think a lot of people view Facebook like they're viewing the world in a rear view mirror of a car. Mm, mm. They see what's happened and they make a comment on it, by mm. goodness, but they don't know what's caused that thing in the, mm. in the back of their car and they don't know uh, how to fix it. All they can do is, uh, is hurl abuse. So we should encourage people Look, in, I very much encourage people to come forward. We've got two committees. We're looking at two sets of uh, three people to join the committees. And if you think that you've got something to contribute or you think that you may get something out of that yourself that's going to help you with your uh, maybe your, your schoolwork, maybe your job, maybe just getting along with other people, seeing how things work. You may consider that uh, in 2024 there are council elections. This may be an ideal time to get a bit of a close look at to how things work. Mm -hmm. I find that particularly with new councillors, and I was exactly the same, I went in and wanted to change the world. But the world is a much more complex place than that. Yeah. So it might be a good idea to just have a little look at, uh, at councils if you're thinking about uh, becoming a councillor. Okay. Well, we might leave it there for this week, Neil. Sure. And uh, it's really been great to get an insight into your, your trip to Canberra in the cold. And, uh, and we can elaborate on that next week. Oh, look, that'd be, that'd be great. I'm sure that, uh, you know, uh, next week we'll have uh, some other interesting topics that people can get on social media and, uh, and have a go. And comment. <laughs> OK, well, thanks very much for your time today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you, Glenn. You've been listening to Merrill Murmurings, a program where Mayor Neil Riley discusses issues that are important to everyone in our community.